Good morning, good morning. This is the Early Birds Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Haddad. It is 6.43 a.m. A little late start today. We had some breakfast, but this is also for a special guest, a very, very good friend of mine, one of the top realtors in the state of Michigan. We have Eric Wright from Social House Group. How are you doing today, sir? What's going on, man? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course, man. Of course. So our, our journey's been uh, quite a, a wild one uh, for yes. the both of us kind of growing together within this space. Um, so what this podcast is about, Eric, is just talking to people about the entrepreneurship, the grind, the growth, the waking up early, the staying few hours, just putting in that more time to get to that level of success, right? Not this bullshit where, oh, they post a couple of videos on social media and they think they're going to be successful. The real grind, and that's something that you've obviously done a very good job of, is that grind. So if you can just quick introduce yourself, tell the audience a little bit about how you started and why you started Social House Group. That'd be exactly where I want to start this. Yeah, my name's Eric Wright. I grew up in uh, Southeast Michigan and started a company called Social House almost four years ago now, or no, sorry, almost three years ago now, um, and been in the real estate industry about eight, and uh, really just got into it because I saw a lot of opportunity to take my background in technology and software and really leverage that to, to build a more robust model for the real estate industry and then ultimately scale that to other agents as I kind of perfected it on my own, or not perfected, far from it, but kind of refined it on my own over the years to uh, scale out to other agents to increase their success as I think like 87% of people fail in our industry after two years, which is absurd. So trying to change that. Well, you know, one of the things with you, I remember, you know, early on calling you uh, a few times, we were acquaintances in high school, you know, weren't like best friends or anything, but we said, we saw each other, we said hi. And I remember when I first connected getting into the industry, you were just always so helpful up front. And I think that was just your ambition also speaking, because you were talking about the future and we were very aligned. I remember you saying like, John, I'm pretty loyal. I'm not looking to switch. And I I was like, Eric, look, I don't care if you switch or not. I just want to get to know you more. I just want to learn about your business and your growth. Now, a few years later, we've, we've established ourselves. Our companies are becoming established. We obviously have a lot more work to do. But what was it like taking on this new role, building a team, starting up that structure? What was it like for you going down that path for the first time when Social House was started? Yeah, it was hard. I mean, it still is hard. You know, I've failed so many times the last, not just three years, but the last eight years, the last 32 years. Um, and I think you can probably attest to this, like, entrepreneurship just like failing forward over and over and over again and the difference between the people that make it and the people that don't are just the ones that just keep keep going you know just keep pushing through so not only did I have to learn a lot just about myself and like from like a pure business standpoint and how little I actually knew and how many bad investments I've made how many (laughs) you know just poor decisions I've made and things that I've had to kind of fix and figure out new solutions for over the years Um, but also just on the leadership side too because I've always been a very independent worker um, not just professionally, but like just in my life in general, even when I was an, an athlete growing up, you know, I was the, I was a leader, but I was the leader by example type kid where it's like, I would just work harder than everybody else, which I thought could translate into leadership professionally, but turns out it can't, you know, you, there's, there's a relationship element of it. You need to, you know, actually give a shit about what's going on in their lives and, you know, how you can help them not just evolve inside the office, but outside the office too. So I'm still learning every single day, but um, I would definitely say that the transition from being a very independent thinker and independent operator and being totally fine with that to switch to saying like, okay, I'm going to become an entrepreneur so I can create my own schedule and do all these things, total opposite, you know? On, on the contrary, I'm in the, I'm having to be in the office every day by 8 a.m. I'm, you know, having to stay till 6 a.m., which is, 
kind of what I think a lot of people get in and start their own business thinking, oh, I'm not going to have to do that. I'm going to be able to work from home. It's like, not at all. So there's been a lot of changes. I'm still kind of evolving and growing and learning every single day as we are right now. But um, definitely a lot of learning curves and challenges along the lines of like leadership and figuring out how to communicate with other people, almost figuring out how to genuinely care. I've always thought I cared about other people, but it's like, when it gets to the point of having to sacrifice your own well-being and your own financial success and your own things in order to help other people become successful, once you get over that hurdle, it's the, it's an amazing feeling. And I'm sure you felt it. I'm sure you've been in that same spot at some point. But, um, but yeah, it's been really fun. Well, I, I love that you're honest about it, too. And I, I think that's, you know, obviously part of the reason you and I have grown so close, um, not just business partners, but, you know, friends. I consider you a very good friend traveled together you've gone to you know my my sister's wedding um we've just really grown and spoken a lot i mean more venting to each other too right going through this journey and i'm so happy you're being honest because i think a lot of people aren't especially with entrepreneurship on social media you always see the glamour and the glitz of entrepreneurship when there's that mental fatigue and exhaustion and you said about people okay now you have to care about people that aren't you anymore and it's being truthful, being genuine, right? And that's the part that can be difficult sometimes. We've had this discussion so many times around mental health. And I feel like you and I have bounced so many things off each other to keep our minds right. How do you get through some of those mental health obstacles? What would you say to somebody that's dealing with it, that deals with the stress that you deal with, right? People don't understand. Being in the real estate industry, guys, it's it's so that the transactions are such an emotional piece of the puzzle you make one mistake, you're the bad guy or gal on real estate. And that stress falls on a lot of times a loan officer, but specifically the real estate agent, their brokerage, if they're not communicating. So there's a lot that we deal with. And so now when you have a team of loan officers or real estate agents and you're the guy at the top or the gal at the top, you're dealing with the complaints, you're dealing with the issues. So you're not just dealing with your stresses, you're dealing with everybody else's. So how have you taken that mindset and how do you battle, how do you get through all of those mental health issues that you have to deal with. Yeah, I think for me, for me, there's two things. I think for, because for everybody, it's going to be a little different. You know, it really comes down to perspective, I think, at the forefront. And for me, you know, as you know, my middle brother, who's 29 years old, so he's severely cognitively mm-hmm. impaired mentally. He's like a one-year-old, mm-hmm. um, fully dependent on my parents, still lives with them and everything. And so I have that perspective of like, I'm so lucky to have like the ability to do this every day and be good at it to where like it would be very ignorant of me to take advantage of that opportunity and not push through and continue to do it because he doesn't even have the choice. You know, he has to wake up every day, can't communicate, doesn't talk, nothing. And so it's like that alone for me is good, which like, of course, that's not like a scalable motivation or why for people, but perspective is always a huge one. And then I think the other one too is it's like I, I was asked the other day, you know, the question, like, are you happy kind of thing? Yeah. And I was like, and you and I always joke about this. Like, I was like, well, I w- honestly, no, but I'm, I'm extremely grateful. And so it's like, there's a, there's a difference there and you don't necessarily have to be happy all the time, but as long as you're like grateful for where you're at, I know that that happiness is like that light at the end of the tunnel, you know, and, oh, we'll, man, and I we'll get that. there. And so I'm like, but I'm like extreme, like I'm, I'm, I'm not naive to say like, I'm very 
I hate saying blessed or whatever, like I, but, um, it's like, I'm very like lucky to, to even have like the cognitive ability to do what I do and, and, and learn a little bit faster than, you know, maybe, maybe some people have like the inherent capability to learn and pick up on things. And, and so it'd be really, again, like ignorant of me to like not take advantage of these capabilities my parents have given me and taught me and, um, kind of equipped me with to like go through life. So, so I just kind of look at it both from that perspective with Brandon, who's my middle brother. And then also just the fact that it's like, you, we were given these like unique capabilities. Like we're psychos, like not, there's not many people getting up at five thirty in the morning, five in the morning to go be on a podcast or work or whatever it is on a consistent basis. And, and that's just something I think that was ingrained in us either at birth or at some point through our lives where we just have this little screw loose in our head that makes us want to do these things. And so I think that's really how I just push through is just like that perspective. Then also just the, be the gratitude of saying like, yo, like you have these, capabilities to go do some really special things if you leverage it and if you execute on it and so for me it'd be stupid if i didn't execute on it well and that's where it's twofold and again you're you've always been like that you know and um i used to confuse it early on in our friendship because i I didn't know you where when you were like blunt i was like okay is he is he upset is he mad and that's just me overthinking right uh especially us growing into our relationship and I, i was sitting there talking the more i got to know you and i'm like no this is just who he is he just looks at life from this perspective, and that's the part people don't get. <clears throat> it's not that I have to be happy every day, right? People are like, well, why aren't you happy? Why are you happy? It's it's not about being happy every day, right? I do have perspective. I am grateful for what I have. I understand that I have an opportunity like you said. I just The fact that I have the cognitive ability to do something, I can't let anybody else down. But that doesn't mean I have to wake up every day with that smile and, oh, here we go. Today's going to be the perfect day, the best day ever. That's the part that people don't understand isn't always the real reality of entrepreneurship. And I believe that when they start the entrepreneurship path, they run into issues a lot with that. And because they're either getting this wrong information or this wrong idea of what it is, they don't actually know how to deal with it emotionally. They don't know how to deal with it mentally. So I'm going to pair that question to you. What's one or two things that have changed in terms of your mindset about leading people, about understanding yourself between when you first opened up your business and today? Yeah, I think it's the um, it's kind of that difference between when people will do something nice for someone and throw it on social media versus the people that are doing things behind the scenes on a consistent basis, because in my opinion, those the people that are posting stuff on social media likely are only doing it in those instances because they're getting that that level of satisfaction of like getting all the pats on the back and you know all the um, the cheers from the crowd of doing that um, versus the people that do it consistently behind the scenes that don't really get any gratification from that of from like actual like pats on the back from other people mm-hmm. and so I think that was my biggest thing where it's like I always had these great ideas about how to help people and how to give back you know. Project Promise, a nonprofit you and I are both on the board of being one of those where I always wanted to do it, but I almost got this satisfaction out of just saying I wanted to do it. And so I had to get through that hurdle of actually genuinely giving a shit. And I'm finally at that place. And truthfully, it just happened like fairly recently Mm -hmm. where like I've always cared. I've always been a very um, caring person, but something I've kind of learned is my empathy levels weren't where I where they should be as like a leader. Where it's like, because I always had, again, I always tricked myself into thinking about this mindset of like, oh, Brandon can't do anything. Why is this person complaining? Why is this person not doing this? Why are they not working hard? You know, and so like I always had this really messed up kind of mentality of like, 
you know, why is this person bitching about what they're having to do right now? Instead of actually taking the time to learn why they're bitching about what they have to do right now and figure out how I can help and how I can evolve. And I just heard on another podcast um, the other day where it was like, it was uh, Stephen Colbert that was being interviewed and he was talking about this um, yes and leadership style. And that comes from the improvisation Mm -hmm. from improv. And, And so he was saying, when he took this shift in leadership style to go to this more yes and type leadership style. So you come to an idea for me with you, you come to, come to me with an idea and say, Hey, Eric, I want to do this. Instead of me just saying, no, I say yes. And let's evolve on it in this way. So always trying to add value essentially is like trying to evolve mm-hmm. that idea, trying to reshape that idea, trying to bring it together fully with, you know, kind of your two minds coming together. Um, so I think that was probably like one of the biggest things was just really just getting more comfortable with it. And then also just the execution of things, you know, like I can still be that leader by example. And, and if I'm going to do something, if I say I'm going to do something, I do it and I execute it. I do it on time. I do it well. Um, and really just kind of always keeping in the back of my mind that there's a human being on the other end of it and that, you know, I'm their boss. I've been told that I'm intimidating a lot lately and I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> but obviously, I'm. That's not my choice to make. And so, like, I've learned that, like, in in some cases, people were scared to come to me with things, or they were afraid I was going to say no or not like it. And it's like, and, and kind of that comes from this idea that I've always been the person that's like, no matter how good it is, it can be a little bit better. And I think that way of my own work. <laughs> and so, when people bring me things, rarely am I going to say, "Oh, yeah, it's good. Let's run with it." You know, unless it's maybe the second or third iteration. And that's not me being an asshole and trying to say, like, you can't execute on this the first time. It's more so like when you bring me something, if there's a completely fresh set of eyes on it, it should be able to improve a little bit. You know, even if it's just 5 percent or 10 percent, if you do that over time compounded, you're going to be putting out a far superior product than what you would have otherwise if I would have just ran with that first iteration. And so that was kind of misconstrued, I think, by a lot of people around me is like, again, me being blunt, me being maybe kind of a jerk, whereas I'm just trying to help not only the company grow, but I want you to grow as an individual. I want you to have that same mindset of always trying to strive for a little bit more. So I think kind of bringing those three things together has really helped me grow and evolve and push through those barriers of leadership of trying to figure out not only how to communicate, but also how to motivate, you know, people that are like you probably deal with this too, where it's like, you have, I think, 125 people you said internally and over 200 across the company where it's like, it's really hard to get 200 people to care about your company the way that you care about your company. Mm-hmm. And we have like a quarter of those amount of people, yeah. probably less. Um, and so like, that's where like my big hurdle was, was just to realize like, hey, these people don't give a shit about social house the way I do. And that's okay. I don't, I can't expect them to. And then just kind of evolving from that and kind of, you know, just be, being able to empathize and, and really want to learn and want to grow with them and, and figure out how we can take their careers to the next level. Well, you know, that's, it's uh thank you for sharing all that too. Cause that it's the vulnerability piece on top of it. Uh, and it's two things for me when you're speaking about it, when we, I've had this talk and you have to learn it as an entrepreneur. It's like someone once told me if we had a hundred John Haddad's, we don't need John Haddad. And I thought I've told you that before multiple times where listen, if we had 100 Eric Wrights, do we really need Eric Wright? And the answer is no, you don't. So your uniqueness is the reason why you guys are being successful, right? It's that propeller. It's pushing you forward. It's it's the reason why everything's happening. But on top of that, where your growth is coming in is that vulnerability. And I've seen that uh, along the last three, four years that we've been working together. You've become more vulnerable to where now 
you understand that that's an aspect of you to where you are blunt and that no matter what somebody gives you, you're always going to say, okay, well, what can we do to make it better? And that's not you saying this is terrible work. That's literally you telling them, hey, I just believe that anything we put out, we can always improve. So when you start to share that with them, they start to understand you more. And then the environment that you start to create is, is an environment of collaboration and cooperation to where they just know, yes, that's just how Eric is. That's not a bad thing. This is just how Eric is. But we're still going to communicate with Eric because he's explained to us. So that vulnerability piece is, is really hard. And for guys you know, like, like us, I keep a lot of things really close to the chest. How have you developed into being more vulnerable, right? And, and I know there's still areas that you're working on, but what's one of the key factors for you becoming more vulnerable? What's, what's happened in your life to make that change? I think just the people around me, like my business partner, Yaz, being one of them. You know, she's really kind of like, we've had our own challenges, you know, me having, you know how I am. Like, I, if, I, if I have an idea, like, I do it. Yeah. Like, I like to execute. Yeah. And I've, I've learned that I can't just do that when I have a business partner, you know, that it's like, we need to have those conversations. I need to, I can't just go post something about this new change I want to make without talking to her and not yeah. only her, but our <laughs> entire company first. Um, but she's really helped me kind of really take a step back and she's you know she's like you and I are like we're we're best friends like we're extremely close she's very blunt with me mm-hmm. and not afraid to tell me when I'm doing things wrong or you know not necessarily wrong but could do things better and improve and so really just having people around me that genuinely care enough to be able to like push me to have that more introspective look at myself of figuring out what I can do better how I can be better and and also just I I listen to an absorbent amount of podcasts business podcasts, like How I Built This by Guy Raz, pretty much all Guy Raz po- by podcasts. I listen to every single one of them. And I watch a lot of Shark Tank and all those things. And the reason I say that is because I I don't read very often, admittedly. Like I truthfully probably read like five books in my life. Um, I say that quiet because it's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> but but I listen to like a ton. Like I, I listen to everything. I listen to podcasts, interviews. And I just, I learn from other entrepreneurs in that sense. Like I, I learned so much from every single podcast, even if it's just 30 seconds of an hour long podcast where they said one thing that I was like, oh shit, like that's me, you know, and then I can learn and evolve from that. And so like, I think just the people around me that have kind of like pushed me to come out of that shell and become a little more open and vulnerable. And then also just listening to other people's success stories and failures, more importantly, and figuring out how I can get ahead of those and not essentially run into the same issues. And that, that's the growth, man. You know, it is so funny because your personality is so type A. And uh, just knowing you, we've we've given feedback to each other, you know, and uh, it is it is nice. I remember when you gave me feedback, you know, for the first time, whether it's a loan or a situation, I just told you straight up, you're right. I got you. I understand it won't happen again. And I think we kind of established that relationship right early on where it's like, OK, all right, this this guy is somebody that. I can hit between the eyes and they're not going to make excuses. They're going to just take the blame for it, responsibility and move on. And th- that's the part people don't understand is being able to accept that responsibility because half of that challenge when someone gives you feedback, so I feel like sometimes when people give you feedback, they're kind of looking for you to, to like be combative, right? They're looking for you to be defensive because they're ready to pounce because they, they know all, everything that happened in that situation. So I always feel like it throws people off whenever you get feedback and then they're just like, hey, you know what? You're completely right. I got to get better at that. I did drop the ball. And then the conversation, like, what do you do from there, right? Because it's like you just kind of look at that person like, oh, shit. Okay, well, 
All right, let's move on. Let's move on to the next thing. You, you end up not wasting time with all the stupidity and you're able to move on. So how are you able to, to take feedback and implement it into your team the way you're accepting it? How do you now give that same feedback to your team to make sure that they're growing? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think <clears throat> where it all really stems from, in my opinion, is when when somebody gives you feedback, I think the difference between taking it as like offensively and getting pissed off versus the latter of saying like, oh, that makes sense, like I am doing that wrong, is is knowing whether or not that person actually gives a shit about you. Boom. And like what you're and and what you're doing and like your life and your if if you're telling if I if I go to some stranger and say, Hey, I have this idea about this company, it could be it could have been Facebook fifteen years ago. And I go to a stranger on the street and that's never met me and I say, Hey, I have this idea, what do you think? And they're like, Oh, it sucks. Of course I'm gonna be like, Oh, this guy's an idiot, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Because I he doesn't care. Nor nor should he care. And so from a leadership standpoint, you, you got to look at it from that perspective of saying like, before I give these guys feedback, I need to make sure they know that I actually care. Because if they know I care, you know, this is why you and I work so well together, because we obviously both genuinely care about one another's success. Yeah. So I'm like, like, we talk all the time, we give each other ideas, like Rami, same deal. Like, we always talk about marketing ideas. And, you know, Rami helps bring my ideas to life. And like, and you guys, and you guys were implementing some similar things at like NDL. And, and I love it. And it's like, because we both care about one another's growth, and we both know that. So no matter what I say to you from a feedback standpoint, you know that I'm not saying it maliciously or in a way that's going to like hurt you. I love that. And so I think once you can start to take that approach to leadership and say, before I give these kids, guy, you know, I say kids, I'm 32, like a lot of our employees are, you know, in their early 20s, um, not kids by any means. But it's like when I when I give these people feedback that are fresh out of school and they don't if they don't know I care to them, that's why it comes off as me being intimidating is because they don't know yet that I genuinely care about their success, their career, their lives, what they're doing outside of social house, what they're doing outside of work. But once you get that relationship where I'm like, hey, this is what I tell all my employees is like, I'm not preparing you to be at social house for the rest of your life. I hope you are, but I'm preparing you to be successful when you leave and giving you the tools to be able to say like, maybe you want to go start your own company. Maybe, maybe you want to go do this. That's my job is to basically equip you with all the skills and, and, and resources and everything to really excel at whatever it is you want to do, whether it's at social house or not at social house. And then at the end of the day, it's just on us as leaders to be able to give you the culture where you don't want to leave and also the opportunity to continuously grow. Um, but that's really like where it starts for me is just trying to like really articulate well, not just to my employees, but also to all our agents that we do care and we do give a shit. Like, so, so this is why I was excited to do this this podcast, just to be fully transparent with you, because I feel like I just I know a side of you that not a lot of people know. So it's just nice to hear you talk about a lot of this stuff right now, at least for me, just to see your growth and your journey and everything else. One one of the things that I, I love about you is your your ability to share because you just don't care. You have literally gone on God knows how many podcasts, different interviews, panels, where you have given people your method. Right. That method on Facebook, that consistency, the posting, the way you blew up. But more importantly than that, you're giving everybody anything that they want whenever they ask. Right. Because you just you want to share it because it kind of keeps you elevated. Why do you share all that stuff? I don't think people know you do it intentionally where you're giving all the stats. I was watching you on a podcast not long ago where you literally will get, were giving the specifics on why you post, why you leave out the, even the price. You were getting that granular with people. Why, why do you share everything uh, the, the way you share it? Yeah, I mean, it, <clears throat> in business, competition is good. 
You know, I think a lot of people kind of approach business and entrepreneurship from the standpoint of like, I need to keep everything on my plate. You know, I need to make sure that I'm eating. I need to make sure I'm full, that I'm satisfied and whatnot. Whereas I look at competition from the approach of saying, especially with what we're doing in an industry that really has not done this before with with regards to like the integration of technology, the average agent in Michigan's 52 years old, which, you know, nothing against people, my parents age, my parents are 60 now, but it's like they didn't grow up with all the tech and the software and the iPhones and the social media that we've been in kind of intertwined with for our entire lives. And so naturally, this industry that's dominated by people of that age, they haven't integrated it well enough because they don't quite know how. And so for me, just kind of like bringing that into the light and and really just understanding how to evolve that. And um, what was the fucking question? No, you're good. Repeat what was the question again? No, you're you're good. You're completely good. I was just, I was literally talking. I want you to think about the reason you're sharing, right? The reason you're collaborating, why you give all the information out. Sorry, that was a 6 a.m. brain You're good. But um, but yeah, and so I, I kind of approach it from the standpoint of saying like, I want to teach everybody how to do this. I want to teach this industry how to leverage these methods and technologies and just have this underlying confidence to know that I'll be the one that's leading the charge consistently in, in the sense of like, I'm the one that's doing these things. I'm the one that's learning from all these mistakes and, and kind of refining this, this strategy to where I'll naturally, hopefully, be the one that's constantly coming up with the new ideas that other people are then following. But what ends up happening when other people start to integrate my strategy or our methods or what we're doing into their business model is more consumers are going to start to see that and then inherently say that's got to be the baseline of what we expect from our real estate agent from our the person that we're buying this from or whatever it may be and then naturally that's going to benefit us because they're going to say all right who's the best at it we need somebody that's going to sell our house and advertise it on facebook and instagram and and then they're going to go back to saying who is the best at that in our in our market our area and my goal is to build up the brand of social house not the brand of eric Wright, but the brand of social house to the extent to where when you're selling a house it's a no-brainer that you're going to work with somebody at our company because you know that you're just getting far more of a service for the same or lesser of a cost. And so that's where the collaboration comes from is, A, I want other people to be successful. You know, I want other people to mm-hmm. share in my success. I want other people to excel at what they're doing. But uh, on the counter of that, I also, believe it or not, that, that collaboration and like openness of uh, what we're doing and our strategies is really inhibiting people to go leverage that same strategy and kind of have this like confidence too that it's like I could teach a hundred people exactly what I do and say, Hey, if you do this consistently, you can make X amount of dollars. 95 of them aren't going to do it, you know? And so it's like, I know that I could teach everybody what I do and, and show you the inner workings of every semi day to day. And 95% of you aren't going to execute. 3% of you are going to execute on a pretty average scale. And maybe two of you are going to actually go out there and, and execute at the same level and actually maybe take a tiny bit off my plate, but I don't care. And so that's kind of where it comes from. It's just like, I want other people to succeed, but I also love that competition. I love being challenged and you guys leverage other people leveraging the same strategy allows me to identify inefficiencies and things that work, things that don't work. It's like, why is John writing these Facebook ads, but he's not seeing the success in six months, you know? So like that, that, that makes me curious. Like, is this scalable? How can we scale it? How can we better teach people and train people and things like that? So it allows me to learn and grow and kind of bring better things to our agents and our team. Well, it's, it's for the greater good, right? Where it's like, if you share all this stuff, it is for the greater good. Yes, it helps you because now you're establishing that sense of competition. You have to stay on your toes. And I, I want to tell you just a quick story. I've run out of time. You know, I, I remember when I was uh, my previous employer, I was building something pretty special over there. And I was doing it for about a four-year span. And they said, John, we're going to have somebody else come in 
and you're going to report to this person. So you're going to change your current report and go to this next person. Hey, we want you to share everything you've built over the last four years with him. And I was, I looked at him. I said, are you out of your mind? You know, I spent four years doing this. I'm not going to share this with anybody. Well, just like always, I called my mentor, Stephen Luigi Piazza, who, you know, who's on, on my wrist to this day, God rest his soul. And I called Steve and he would always ask me about my day and I would tell him about my day and he said, okay, how's work going? What are you dealing with? What kind of struggles do you have? And I told Steve, I said, Steve, you know, I've built all this stuff. I've done all this work and now I'm moving over to somebody else and they want me to share everything I've built with this guy. And Steve pauses for a second and Steve says to me, he says, well, who, who is the guy? And I tell him the name. I said, well, his name is Richard Mandel. And then all of a sudden I hear Steve on the other line and this guy is, is somebody, I mean, I would go through a wall for this guy. And he goes, oh, John, you have to share everything with that man. I go, Steve, why? why? I, don't, I don't, man, like this is everything I built, you know? And he said, John, listen, whenever you share anything in this life, he said, that only means one of two things. He said, number one, if you give somebody everything that you have and they can't do it as good as you can, that means you're the outlier. So that's the first thing he taught me. And then he said, John, number two, if you give somebody everything you have and they do start to pass you, do start to surpass you, guess what? Now you have to work that much harder to make something that much better. So you're only making yourself better by sharing. Cooperation and collaboration is one of the best ways to, get, to become successful. And that's always kind of sat in my head ever since he shared that with me. And he's, he's passed since then. But it's done nothing but reap benefits for me and rewards for myself. So the, the last question I'm going to ask you just uh, around this entire journey and entrepreneurship and everything. If you had the ability to restructure the way you've, you've done this all, what is one thing you would do differently because of what you know today? That's tough. I want to say nothing. Mm -hmm. Just because, like, I think, <clears throat> I think every all the mistakes, and I still make a million mistakes. I've made so many poor investments. So many, I paid fifteen k for a website that like we never even used because it was a piece of shit. <laughs> like, I've made so many bad investments. I've made so many mistakes, but I think those mistakes have allowed me to like evolve and get to where I'm at now. Um, so I really can't like. Well, for those listening, then let's, let me rephrase it. Yeah. How about for those listening? What's something that you would tell them when they start a business? that you would double check into or make sure that you're doing your due diligence on a mistake that you made that you wouldn't want someone else to make. Oh, just be, be more patient. If you think you're being patient, be more patient. And, and that, that's where a lot of those mistakes happen, right? Where you think that you think that you either you need to a, like keep up with your growth and grow a lot faster internally than you need to, or B, you just make too many impulsive game changing decisions that aren't thought out well enough to where it either ends up costing you money, it costs you a ton of time, and like those are two luxuries that you have a finite amount of, um, you know, for most people at least uh, on the money side of things as entrepreneurs. So uh, I think just being more patient will, you might grow a little bit slower, it might take you another year, two years, five years to like get to where you wanna go than it, than it could potentially otherwise, but the likelihood you're gonna get there is gonna be a lot higher if you just take your time you learn, you evolve, and and just listen. Like, be a sponge when it comes to like knowledge and listening to other entrepreneurs and learning from other entrepreneurs because they've made the same mistakes as you. Like, it's not glitz and glamour at all. Like, being an entrepreneur sucks, ninety nine percent of the time. It's that one percent of the time where you're like, hey, this works. Like, this is a this is beautiful what I just created, and that makes that other ninety nine percent 
worth every second. I love that. I love ending on that. For for those of you that listen into this, be patient. I think that's the perfect thing. This isn't glamour and glitz. This isn't what you always see on social media. This is hard work. This is dedication. This is a constant grind. This is putting your head down and outworking every single other human being on the planet. This is making sure you're waking up earlier. You're staying later. That's what entrepreneurship is, is that patience, is that ability to push your mind, to get through it, to have the mental fortitude, to grow and be part of that 1% that make it when they are entrepreneurs. Thank you guys very, very much. This is the Early Birds Podcast. We have Eric Wright from Social House Group. Appreciate the hell out of you for everything that you've done for me, my family, our business. I'm really excited to watch your growth for you and your company, brother. Thank you Likewise, very, man. very much. Thank you for having me. Of course, I take it. care. See you guys.